0: You are listening to Crosstalk, a safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and get ready for the show.
1: Welcome everyone to Crosstalk Recovery, the recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery. I'm Matt Lewis, and I'm here with...
2: Amanda Wiersma. Daphne Troyer and Michelle Fonda.
1: All right, <laughs> welcome, girls. Uh, today we're going to have a little bit of a fun one. We did one of these before where uh, when Sarah was here and where we all came up with three questions: uh, one recovery-related, one silly question, and one personal question, mm-hmm. as a way to like get to know each other, talk recovery, and have a little bit of fun. So we haven't done one yet with Daphne, so we thought we'd do another one. Yeah. Um, and so, that's what we're doing today. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and I guess I'll start off, unless yes, anybody has sure. anything no. they want to talk about. Start us off, Matt. All right. Let's see. Which question you type do I want to... Uh, what has been the toughest thing... This is my recovery question. All right. okay. okay. What has been the toughest thing to change about yourself in your recovery? Mm. And I'll answer that question. First, and uh, probably you know that I'm a smart ass, honestly. No. You know, because there's I addressed you? a lot of the yeah, <laughs> I know surprising to a lot of you, <laughs> uh, but I addressed a lot of the big character defects pretty early on and continue to work on them. But the hardest one that I still struggle with is being a smart ass, and I know people might say that that's not a A big issue, and that's what I how I've justified it for so long. (laughs) But it is something that I want to be better at because I come across. Not everyone takes me. If you don't know me, you can take me wrong. You know, or and even the people. I mean, I think I've offended Michelle a few times,
2: quite often. (laughs) uh, (laughs) You know,
1: and not my intention, because I'm still damaged. I think, and that's how I show love. (laughs) And you know, sick, but uh, yeah, (laughs) sick. I'm sick, so I'm working on it. But yeah, so you guys can help me with that, just like we will start to help Michelle with her cursing. Uh, (laughs) Amanda, what what about you?
3: Um, What was the question again?
1: Uh, What has been the toughest thing for you to change in your recovery?
3: The toughest thing for me to change um, in my recovery is probably uh, exaggerating.
1: So, lying. Yes. Um, Honesty is the spiritual principle behind step one, man.
3: Well, not so much lying, but just exaggerating. Because, you know, I, a lot of times, um, wanted to just be like, oh my gosh, you should have seen this thing. It was 50 feet long, you know. um, I still kind of do that, you know, but not as bad. It was just one of those things that... You know, if I, you know, fishermen, like, how they would, you know, that,
0: yeah. you know, Fish just things big, like that.
3: Right. Um, so I would probably say just exaggerating, um, and I guess maybe you could call it fibbing. Um, I just got to wear so much in my addiction, I... I, I just exaggerated everything, and I think it was because I maybe wanted things to be more interesting. I, want, I, may, I wanted to seem more interesting to people, so I wanted things to be more exciting. Um, but I don't have to do that today. Um, people like me the way that I am, plain and simple, yeah. and I like the way that I am today, plain and simple. I don't have to be exciting, and um, so that's, the big, that's one of the biggest things that... Um, I noticed that I have changed, and so, um, you know, I don't have to be be big yeah. and exciting.
1: No, I mean, that I struggled with that one, too, uh, and I had to go back and be like, hey, that wasn't completely true, Yeah, you know, because I started <laughs> to feel bad about it, because I got so used to lying, lying about things I didn't have to lie about at yeah. all, and it was, like you said, based in the fact that I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't, but now... I love myself for who I am, and the people Absolutely. I'm around love me for who I am. And, you know, I don't have to pretend to be somebody I'm not. You
4: right. Know. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Daphne? Oh, Lord. I catastrophize everything. <laughs> oh, okay? yeah. i very, um, I don't think of myself as a dramatic person, but when it comes to stuff, life on life, you know, happening, um, man, I don't take it well. <laughs> it's such a big ordeal for anything to happen um, that it's out of my routine. Um, it's hard for me to deal with. I get emotionally tangled up in it. Um, it just really is hard for me to deal with um, those life-on-life events um, that are not in my routine. Um, you know, it's... I'm, it tears me up emotionally, so therefore then I'm, I'm mentally drained from it, and I just blow it up to be so much bigger than what it really is. And I know that I do this, and I try to not do it, but, um, yeah, I look yeah. at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can definitely be hard, you know, not worrying about things completely, like trusting God, your higher power, whatever, you know, and just letting go. I mean, Life on Life affects it's, – it's, that's what the program teaches us, right? The steps mm-hmm. is, like, how to deal with Life on Life stuff, how to how to handle things that come at us, other, whether it's other people's behaviors or incidents that happen in your life. And and it can be a hard one to practice, you know. But the point – the important thing is I think you recognize it and you're trying to work on it. As with any of these that we talk about, you know, like recognizing those things, continuing to recognize them and being willing to work on them is the most important part.
3: Right. I can relate to the catastrophizing a lot, yeah. too. Um, that's something that, that I tend to um, do from time to time, and it's something that, you know, as long as you recognize it, you know, you can kind of reel it back in and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing, and I need to stop, and everything is not uh, dramatic and a catastrophe, you know, and, a, and an, an emergency, you know. So recognizing it is, you know, the, the best part about, you know, being able to do that.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and surrounding yourself with other people to call you on when you're acting that way. You know, luckily you work someplace like this where right? everybody's yeah. like, what are you doing, Daphne? Help you, know? hope you so, reel it back in. Yeah, exactly. It's a good thing. Yeah. Well, you, Michelle? What do mm. you got?
2: Well, I would say um, mine would be um, not putting other people or – putting other people's needs before mine you know like even though i take a lot of pto time on those days off like i am booked from the moment (laughs) i wake up until i go to bed and it's always me doing something for someone else and it's like i will take care of you all day long and then here i am at the end of the day completely empty you know just like ready to just crash
1: is yeah. this a is this a jab at me for you no. being here on your day off?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really not, but it's just like, you know, I'll I'll take all this PTO time, say I'm going to like do things for myself, you know, and then somebody's like, "Hey, um, when's your next day off?" I'm like, "Oh, Thursday or Wednesday, I took PTO," and then it's like I completely forget about myself as like their needs become what's most important instead of mine and then it's just like here i am seeing my therapist and i'm just like uh oh, you know and my therapist is holding me accountable my sponsors holding me accountable and um you you're know, probably just gonna
1: have to take more pto days <laughs>
2: i don't <laughs> have any more left to take
1: <laughs> no but i i understand where you're coming from because i have the same problem like I, I had to leave bowling early last night because I was so exhausted because when I leave here, I, either I'm going to work with sponsees or I'm going to volunteer yeah. through church outreach or I'm going bowling or whatever. You know, I have softball practice for the last couple of weeks. There's always something. And I like to stay busy. Me too. Uh, yeah. It's good for me. But then... At some point, like, I just start to crash. Yeah. I just have to go go lay down, you know, like I did last night. But at least I can recognize yeah. when it's getting too much, you know. Because the days that I feel really good and have energy and I don't have anything to do, then I'm, like, bored out of my mind. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, so. Yeah.
2: Haven't been bored in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, you know. Um, I, I'm learning slowly but surely. It's, you know progress not perfection you know that's yeah. right. That's i'm grateful right. to have a support system of people who love me enough to tell me about myself you know and that's awesome yeah yeah
1: it's great all right mandy you want to ask a question
3: um sure i'll ask my recovery question uh, it's what are some goals you still want to achieve in your recovery journey oh, good um and it's no secret that i go to school um you know, I, I talk about it all the time. Um, and so that is my goal that I want to achieve uh, in my recovery journey is to get a degree um, in psychology. Um, it's not really a recovery goal, but it's a goal that um, sparked from me being in recovery. Um, it was a goal that I set while I was in MRT um, and in uh, treatment. Um I wanted. I decided I wanted to go back to school, and the my major that I chose was drug and alcohol counseling um, because my counselor that I had in treatment um, really inspired me. Um, so that's the goal that I want to achieve in my recovery journey is to get a degree and help others like myself. Um, you know, uh, help them in their recovery journeys. Uh, So, that's yeah, that's so that's what I yeah, what's what I want to I achieve.
4: Know. <laughs> Daphne. What's that <I> look? <laughs> at? Nice. What was the question? Are you ready? Just, I know it was something about what a goal you achieve in okay. your recovery. Yeah, okay. So a goal that I have in my recovery. um, You know, this is a little bit of a personal goal too but I can't have this goal without being in recovery and being where I'm at today. And that's to get custody of my daughter back, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as I'm working a program and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, um, then that's achievable, you know? Um, even though, you know, I have the length of sobriety that I have, I think it's took me this long to be comfortable with her even coming home, which is hard to say Mm -hmm. as a mother, you know, But I was in the madness for um, eight years of her life, you know. So I didn't really know how to be a mother. Um, I didn't know how to show up as a mother. And um, now that I'm able to be there in the right mind, you know, I was there, but I was not. I should not have been there. Somebody should have made me leave. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, I think it's, you know. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm comfortable with, um, being able to raise a child and know that I'm not going to mess her up. Yeah. 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 It's
1: a good goal. And it, it is a good
4: great goal. goal. Proud of you. Thank you. You know, cause I, I have fears of bringing her home, you know, yeah. what if I can't do it? What if, you know what I mean? Like I see my mom doing all this stuff for her and I'm like, wow, I don't know that I can do that, you know? And, um, you know, just working with um my church and my program. You know, they give me tools, um, to be able to be a healthy mother today.
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Michelle, what do you got? Okay. Um the oh, man this one's tough. You know, um mine's re- you know, I think mine's real simple. Um, but it's been hard for me, and it's something I still haven't been able to do, you know. Um, oh, gosh. Um, it's like being able to let go and um, forgive my dad. Um, it's still something that I hold on to. And, I mean, it's not simple, but it's just like, you know, still working the steps, you know. i um, still, I haven't forgiven him, and I try to. um I just hold on to that crap, you know? And so, with that being said, that's part of like continuing to take care of myself, you know, being committed to um, go into therapy and, um, you know, putting myself first, you know, because I was canceling my therapy appointments on my days off because I was just stretched too thin. And um, so, yeah, mine's taking care of myself and sticking with it so that I can forgive my dad and move on because that's just something in my life that's just really been troubling me lately. So, that's a good crazy, I mean, you yeah, know.
1: You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> You have to forgive to be forgiven. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know. And I remind myself that all the time. I'm like, well, I want everybody to forgive me, but I still hold on to this. You know, and I, uh, I went and met with my sponsor yesterday for a couple, of, a couple of hours after the meeting. And I'm just talking to her about it. And um, I was just like, I just, you know, I just don't know how to let go. I don't understand. Um, I was like, but that's what my, ther- my therapist is for, you know? So thank God, you know, that I'm still teachable. You know, and I don't, and I know that I don't have to have all the answers, and I can consult professionals. You know, I don't I don't yeah. let that ego get in the way or, or lie to myself and tell me i have forgiven. You know what I mean? Because the first year that I was sober, I was like, "Oh, i have forgiven everybody," while I'm in a treatment center, and then you come home, and there they are. You know, I was like, "Wait a second, I ain't done this." You know, yeah, it's a continuing progress. You know,
1: it definitely is and i think that's mine actually is is to maintain the uh, be vigilant and maintain the passion for my recovery that uh, yeah. that i have you know not getting complacent uh you know i've seen people with years and years of sobriety mess up because they started slacking on this stuff and that scares me so like me I, too i tell people like all the time that i think we should always treat this like we're MT ones or yeah. phase one or what a, you know what a, depending on what program you were you know newcomers is the way I try to always act like the meetings a priority you know the doing all the things that are suggested of me the mm-hmm. calling sponsors the talking to other people to give them back all that stuff is a priority a necessity to where even I mean I'm not having to get sheets signed I'm not having to no, there's nobody. Um, other than my friends who care about me holding me accountable today, yeah. but I try to hold myself accountable and keep myself to that higher standard of, like, really doing all those things that are, are good for me and they're going to keep me going in my recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. All right, Daphne, what's your question?
4: Oh, no. uh uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Any um, question you want. All right. Are we going just with Rick?
1: No, I mean, you can we do you a different okay. one. Maybe switch it up because we've had two back-to-back.
4: All right, well, let's do um, the silly question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm not really good. I'm silly at home, you know, but it was really hard for me to think of an appropriate silly (laughs) question. (laughs) (laughs) So um, when you eat a gummy bear, do you eat the head or the feet first? (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, <laughs> well, well <laughs> I just eat the whole thing, you
2: know. <laughs> That's exactly the first thing bite I thought. It in half. Like, yeah,
1: do you nibble on a gummy bear?
2: <laughs> but if you had to, <laughs> Wow.
1: Well. The head, yeah, yeah. Do. yeah,
3: yeah. If I had to, I, I would eat the head first. No. <laughs> that just seems proper. Just decapitate it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do they make really large gummy bears? They do. They do. Be like, where do I start on
4: this thing? Yeah. yeah, you know, and I think I would eat the foot first <laughs> if it was
3: a large one. Yeah,
1: <sighs> you have a gummy foot, foot ear. A gummy, <laughs> fetish. gummy <laughs> foot fetish. Gummy foot fetish.
3: But, yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, if I'm eating gummy bears, I I do this with all candy. If I, I lay them out and I coordinate the colors, <laughs> and eat, like, two at a time, and they have to be the same color. Yeah. So, yeah, that I couldn't imagine just eating one gummy bear and, <laughs> yeah. Or
1: just the head. I yeah. Throwing the rest away. Like <laughs>
3: Now I'm going to think about this every time I eat gummy bears. Yeah.
1: <laughs> good. That was a good one. Food for thought.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I
1: did there. We'll be right back.
4: Hey, y'all. Did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we're open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah.
1: One thing I have always wondered is who put the alphabet in alphabetical order. At Turning Point, our goal is to help you put your life back in order. If you struggle or have struggled with substance use disorder and are in need of help, Come see us at 415 Broadway Street, Paducah, Kentucky, or call 270-444-3621 and sign up for peer support services with one of our friendly staff who have lived experience with addiction. Hope to see you soon. Hi, <laughs> right, Michelle, you got a question?
2: Yeah, so I will do a personal question. Who impacted your life the most as a child? first. Okay. So um, I think mine would be my grandma. You know, um, she knew that I was a little special, you know, and that I needed <laughs> extra love, you know, and she always was very intentional, you know, um, going to her house on the weekends, man, it was so much fun. She always had cool activities and she took me places and like my grandma, she, I knew that she didn't have a lot of money, but she always made everything fun. You know, she taught me how to paint, which I'm not like a good painter, but like as a kid, you know, like painting portraits. And she always like we would make jewelry and we would play dress up. And like she knew my home life was tough, and like she just made sure she was there for me every single weekend. You know, um, even even like if she had a boyfriend or something, like like it was known Michelle's going to be with us this weekend, um, and she just gave me that extra bit of attention and love and. Um, you know th- that that I needed as a kid, so she definitely impacted my life, man. It was great having my grandma. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. All right, uh, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about it. It's kind of a, a tough one. Like impacted, what, positively, negatively? Uh, I man,
2: I guess we can just do whatever. Yeah. You know,
1: um, and there's so many factors. I, at first, I started thinking about my grandpa, but as a young child, he wasn't around very much because we moved around so much. Yeah. And, you know, I, I butt heads with my parents a bunch because I was homeschooled for most of my childhood oh, with boy. me and my three sisters. So it was just <laughs> like, it was crazy. Uh, I guess the way I started thinking about that question is like we moved around so much as a kid and and because of being homeschooled, I, like I really put, at a young age, put value on friendships, whatever friendships I had. And, because, and then we'd, we'd live somewhere for a couple of years and move, and I'd lose those friends. And this was back, you know, there wasn't cell phones, you know. You had to write a letter or something, and <laughs> I wasn't doing that. So it was just like I would lose, mm-hmm. and that would hurt. And so I really started putting too much, probably, value on friendships and the whole people-pleasing thing um, started, or yeah. trying to be the person that <laughs> I wanted wanted everyone to like me, uh, you know. and And that probably wasn't a good way to, you know, the thing to focus on, you know, at a young age. So it probably, whether it made me be someone who was, you know, loyal and caring and wanted to foster re- friendships and relationships, but it also maybe put too much value on what other people thought of me and people-pleasing and things like that. So positive and negative, it was probably relationships. Yeah. You know.
3: hmm. Good answer. That's a good answer. I like that.
1: It's an answer. (laughs) What do you got, Amanda?
3: Well, you know, um, when Michelle said that question, my immediate thought was my mom. You know, you know how I feel about my mom. Um, but then when you started talking about negatively, too, and positively, um, I, then I immediately went to my father because he he wasn't in my life. He was an absent father, my biological father. Um, you know, and so I have severe daddy issues because, um, you know, I felt like my dad didn't want me, um, didn't love me, because he never, ever tried to see my brother or I. Um, so I was raised by my stepfather. And so... That, that made me think of my stepfather and how he impacted my life because, you know, he married my mother when I was four years old, and I was very close to him as a child. Um, he dragged raced motorcycles and um, on the weekend, and he took me along every weekend because I loved it. I was right there. Man, I was his his number one, and um, went to those drag races with him. My brother was not interested at all, um, but we were so close. And I remember one time we were at Harned's or someplace like that, and we were getting lunch before we were going to the drag race, and somebody came up, and I was probably eight, nine years old, but a friend of his came up to the car, and he introduced me. He said, this is my daughter. Aww. And I just remember that that... I'd never been introduced as a daughter by a, a you know a dad yeah. by a male before, and I never called him dad. We always always called him by his name, but I just remember that feeling that I had yeah. that I was so proud. I was like, "I'm I'm his daughter," yeah. you know. And so I would probably have to say that um, my stepdad, um, because you know he stepped in and took care of me and was my dad. And loved me as his own child, um, you know. And it's sad that we don't we don't get along and we don't speak today. But in my childhood, I would say that my stepdad um, impacted my life um, positively, and he raised me and he raised me right. He showed me love. Um, but yeah, absolutely, my my stepdad.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. What about you, Daphne?
4: Well, I would have two that's equal. You know, um, my grandma Rita and my granny, um, which was my grandma Rita's mom. Um, You know, my dad was a single dad at first. Um, He worked a lot. And then when he wasn't working, he was partying up north. And um, grandma just always made time for me. Um, She babysat me for dad to go out and do whatever he, you know, work his second or third shift and then, um, you know, do what he did after work. Um, She always tried to protect me from everything that was going on. Um, She would take me places. I remember every Friday night. She would take me to McDonald's and I'd get to get a happy meal. And then that's we would cool. go to Kmart and I'd get an outfit. You know, <laughs> and I just really thought that um
1: every Friday, huh? Yeah, every, every Friday. Friday that's the Kmart. All, you know, <laughs> I'm like yeah. yes.
4: Thank you. You know, she was an amazing woman, very strong. Um, you know, she took care of her family, she took care of my grandpa, um, made sure the housework was done and the children were taken care of and she was just really amazing, you know. We'd watch uh, do you remember that show? What is the name of it? Tales Crips from the Tale or Tales, Tales from the, from the, the Crypt? crypt. Said it backwards. <laughs> Man. We would just clown on each other. I'd be like, Grandma, look, that's you on TV <laughs> You know, and then yeah. a, a monster would come out and she'd be like, Look at you, Daphne <laughs> You know, we would just have so much fun and she loved bird watching and they had property in wisconsin and we'd go camping and put the watermelon in the creek for it to get cold and you know we just did a lot of fun stuff yard sales and um i just i miss her so much you know um she helped me pick my daughter's name was the last conversation that i had for with her before she passed away and um you know it was a great conversation you know, to have with her, and my granny taught me how to sew, and, you know, it was like she had all this magical stuff that she, in in her rooms, you know, all the Avon bottles, and, (laughs) you know, all the material, and the laces, you know, I can make some of the best pillows, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, those people, um They really uh, invested their time to me, especially as I started getting a little older. Um, You know, I got into uh, drugs young, and uh, they still loved me regardless, you know.
3: They sound amazing.
1: Yeah, Yeah. sound like a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to need to get a pillow now. Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A big lacy one. (laughs) (laughs) For me? Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. (laughs) All
1: right, my turn to ask a question. Yes. Uh I'll do my personal question. What was the dumbest thing you ever did while you were high?
3: Oh
2: <laughs> my wow. goodness. And see possibilities
1: are endless <laughs> for me for <laughs> this answer this question. And I think I The one that I like right. I mean the Under one the that, influence. Yes. Yeah. Um, the one that I that caused me the most pain (laughs) was uh, on a New Year's Eve, and I think I've sort of told this story on here before, but on a New Year's Eve, I was on a bunch of, I was drunk on a bunch of hallucinogens and uppers and who knows what else, and when I get on hallucinogens, I like to to climb things, and I was on the roof of a garage, and apparently I fell off uh, when I was trying to climb down, but I don't remember that part, and impaled my leg on a broken metal fence pole Mm. and uh, but you know I I wasn't feeling any pain at the time it wasn't until someone spotted blood in uh, the chair I was sitting in that I realized and uh, apparently it was such a bad wound that everybody started freaking out there was a big hole in the the back of my thigh and you can't go to the emergency room on New Year's Eve in that condition Mm -mm. so we duct taped it up And I went home, and I woke up in the morning and went straight to immediate care. And when they opened it, they freaked out. And they're like, we can't do anything with this. You have to go to the emergency room. And they had to stitch it together inside my leg to get it close enough where they could stitch it together on the outer layer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, for six months, I couldn't hardly sit down right. And I had to, you know, it was hard using the bathroom. It was, I mean, it was a terrible way to start the year. And it was just, you know, one of those things because you're messed up thinking you're having fun and you just altered the whole. I had a lot of bad New Year's Eve experiences, but <laughs> they were my own fault. But anyway, that was mine. What about you, man?
3: Well, when you say the dumbest thing, are you talking At about the different most levels? I mean, it could, or just like the dumbest idea?
1: It, that's a, it. Could have been anything. I, I mean, obviously, like any of the stuff we're doing that gets us in trouble, <laughs> you know, or okay. injured, or, well, or may, maybe it's just funny to you, you know. But
3: okay, um, because you know. I had a car accident where, you know, I could have killed two people. So that was obviously, like, the most dangerous. But just for um, the dumbest thing that I think I've ever done was, um, because this was a dumb idea. I don't know who thought that this was going to be fun. But um, me and my best friend one night, we decided that um, while we were um, drinking and carrying on, that we were going to have pee off the porch night. So, um, yeah, so if you had to <laughs> pee, you had to pee oh off my the porch. Goodness. So that was um, our grand idea for the evening. We were to pee off the porch.
1: And no one fell off the porch, though?
3: Oh, I'm, I did, because, <laughs> I mean, a, a drunk female trying to pee off the porch, I mean, that, that's <laughs> pretty dumb. I got
1: all kinds of images in my head right now. Yeah. Of, uh, so um, <laughs> what that looks like
3: that was uh, that. I feel like that was pretty dumb. Um, yeah. Oh. So when you say dumb, I think of that, and so a good it was one. Pretty, dumb. pretty dumb. But I also feel like blackout driving. Um, yeah.
1: Very dumb. Was very dumb. I did a lot of that as well. I did yeah. th-
3: I did that very often.
1: And we're but, not. You know glorifying this no. in any way. This is, no, uh, this
3: is not glorifying, um, you know. Yeah. Uh,
1: but we have to be able to laugh at those things too. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I cringe you know.
3: when I think back to those things because... How embarrassing. How embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, people were driving by. I mean, this was not a road that was secluded. Um, <laughs> you know, I... How embarrassing. You know, like... <laughs> Who does that? Who does stuff like that? It's not cute. Yeah. Uh, it was dumb. That's why you said, what is the dumbest thing you've ever yeah. done? Well, because that was, it was dumb. You know.
4: So, but, yeah.
1: Uh, Daphne, what do you got?
4: Oh, Lord. Um, so, the first thing I thought of when you said that question was, okay, I was over at my dad's in Murray. I'd um, been fighting with um, my ex. And so I went to my dad's house to stay, and um, I was pretty lit. And um, I got a phone call that a couple of my friends were tripping on acid, and one of them was going to die because his blood pressure was up really high. So he was tripping that he was going to die. So they want him, and it's like 2 3 o'clock in the morning, and they want me to come all the way out to Marshall County. So I head out about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, and um, I keep seeing these lights behind me in the car, and I'm tripping. I'm like, something's following me. So I'm taking all these back roads, and as I go, you know, down the hill, <laughs> down the hill, I, these, this light hits my rear view window, you know, my rear view mirror, and it's like, and then I go down, and I can't see it no more. But when I come up, there it is again, and I'm freaking out that it's a cop, and I've got this (laughs) stuff on me, and I'm tripping, but I'm not willing to throw it out, you Mm. know, because how dare I part with my drugs? You know, no way. (laughs) We're going down together. And uh, (laughs) so for like an hour and a half, two hours, it took me to get, you know, over there um, to Pirate's Cove. When I get there, I'm tripping, I'm like, oh my gosh. And as I'm pulling up into their driveway, I look back one last time and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the moon. (laughs) I've been chased by the moon (laughs) for two (laughs)
3: hours.
1: (laughs) 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 I really thought it was going to be a cop. (laughs) I did too. I
3: thought
4: it was going to be like a, a...
3: you're A ton dumb. Of
0: cops.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was horrible. And when that hit, you know, when I was like, I just got chased by the moon. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, that's so
2: stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, Michelle.
2: Man, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, there's two really, really dumb stories, but. I had one picked out until Daphne started telling that story, and it reminded me of this other story. So, like, it's really late at night, and um, I was scared to drive from my friend's house to my house, but they were wigging me out, you know, like I was really, really high. um, And they were just acting weird. Um, So I leave, and I go to the Waffle House. I'm in Benton. I go to the Waffle House in Benton, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I see this person sitting across the room by themselves but they're on their phone and I was like is that deputy so-and-so and And I'm like my fucking gosh I was like they done told (laughs) they done told this cop that um I'm leaving and somehow they knew that I was going to go to the Waffle House first you know because at this point I'm like in like hearing voices and you know things of that nature so I'm really freaking myself out and the more I I'm getting anxious, the more anxiety and the more paranoid I'm getting. So I'm there, I order my food, Better order it to go, and I get in the car, and I'm driving down the parkway, leaving Benton, headed to Calvert City, and I see all these cops in the opposite lane go by, headed towards Benton. I was like, thank God I left the Waffle House when I did, they were all coming to bust me. <laughs> freaking get on the parkway, and I, head, I get on, like, you know, you can head towards Nashville and get on the interstate. I get on the interstate there, and then I get off in Livingston, and I just keep seeing all these things that are freaking me out, and I'm like, they're tracking me by my phone. And I'd went through three phones in, like, the past couple of months, and my dad just gave me his old phone, and he told me, whatever you do, don't mess this one up. So I'm going, so I get to Livingston County, or uh, to where like the exit is where the BP and stuff is. And I get back on, and I head back towards Coward City, and you go over this bridge. And I threw my dad's phone off oh, the bridge no. because I was convinced <laughs> that they were tracking me. And they weren't freaking tracking me. It was all just, I was too high, too paranoid, and I just kept freaking myself out. I mean, I went through so many phones, and I had to tell my dad. You know, I was like, I don't, and of course I lied, I'm sure, but it was just, like, they weren't, and, like, in my mind, I was just convinced that, like, everybody was trying to set me up, and I wasn't, like, this big-time drug dealer, you know, like, I was like this just small town, you know, drug dealer, not even that big, but like I didn't really think things through my paranoia just always, or my paranoia always got the best of me and I would just drive around, like go way far out of the way thinking people were following me and stuff. It was just insanity, man, (laughs) just pure insanity, (laughs) like taking the long ways everywhere, you know? yeah (laughs) i mean just
1: stupid all right man you got a question i do um
3: okay my personal question is name three things you like about yourself Ooh. okay um i like my smile um i like it evidently i have a nice smile people tell me that all the time so um i like my smile and i like smiling um so um, i like that um I like my hair. I kind of have an emotional attachment to my hair because I had cancer and, um, I didn't lose my hair because I did cold capping, but my hair did thin and, um, I've, my hair has grown back thicker and more full, Mm. but it's just something that I have an emotional attachment to because I did lose a lot of it. Um, when I had cancer. So it's just something that, um, I just have an emotional attachment to. And, um, I like my accountability. Um, Mm. You know, as I mentioned earlier, that I was uh, an exaggerator. Um, but, you know, um, today I can hold myself accountable when I exaggerate. Um, I can hold myself accountable when I've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, when I've harmed someone, I can, you know, I have no problems holding myself accountable. And um, I'm quick to, um, when I have done something wrong or when I have harmed someone, um you know, when I just in in any situation I can hold my accountability. Um, you know, uh, you know, just earlier today, you know, we got these cool flash drives in and I just took one, you know, and then I was like, <laughs> I hold myself accountable for <laughs> taking You're a- <laughs> always holding yourself accountable. <laughs> I mean I just you know, um, you know, I just that, you know, my integrity is really important to me today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like my accountability. Um, so those are my three things.
4: All right. All right. Three things I like about myself. Um, I like how caring I am. Um, you know, how um, everything matters, you know. Uh, I, really, I really like that about myself. Because for a long time, I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about you. I didn't care about me.
2: Mm-hmm. you know yeah,
4: and um, I might be overly caring now you know but um, I'm grateful to be that way um, I like my personality um, you know uh, for the longest time I was so numb I didn't even have a personality you know um, all you got was anger and rudeness and you know bitterness so um, I really like the person that I've grown in grown to be you know um, and one more thing, uh, <laughs> I don't know, um, I don't know. <laughs> um, my personality, my caring, and, um, you know, I'm going to say my weight. You know, because um, I've really struggled with gaining my weight and recovery, which a lot of women do when they get sober. And um, I'm okay with it today, you know. If you don't like it, you don't have to look at it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go, Daphne. Right Heck, on. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's important to be comfortable with yourself. All right, what do you got, Michelle?
2: Um, my laughter. Um, I, I enjoy laughing. Um, I, um... I'm fine, and there was one more. I was sitting here thinking, um, "Oh, my positive attitude, yeah." Have a have a, a pretty positive attitude.
1: It's all right.
2: Yeah, if you don't like it.
1: Um. Well, obviously, for me, it's my rugged good looks. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I, no. Um, uh, I like that I'm chill. You know, I'm pretty easygoing. It takes a lot to upset me, or you know, I just kind of go with the flow today, and it didn't used to always be that way. I used to worry about everything and stress, and, and now I just kind of, you know, chill. Uh, I like my drive and determination, like, I guess energy, like, I, I don't, I need to get more rest, but I don't, you know, I, I always have, like, even at my age, like, I'm still active, you know, always doing something, playing sports, and and climbing and the things that I, I enjoy doing and i like being creative you know yeah, i like creating creative. you know i like creating things i don't i like to paint i like to write music and perform music i like to cook anything i'm anytime i'm creating something uh mean, like i did that even if it's terrible i enjoy the process of
2: doing it so yeah, and At your it's age, fun. you get around pretty well, you know. You may be the oldest. Easy now.
3: E- yeah. Easy. He's not if the Emma's oldest. older than me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, you know. The oldest male. He's the oldest male. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: in the room. <laughs> <laughs> in any room. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Ouch. Good. All right,
1: whose turn is it?
4: Daphne. Daphne. Yeah. All right. I was like, where did my notes go? <laughs> okay, um, personal question. What motivates you?
0: Um,
4: what motivates me is, um, you know, wanting to be a better person every day. I strive to be better than I was the day before. Um, I try to learn from every day. You know, um, my daughter is a big motivator for me. Um, to be a good mom that she can be proud of. Um, you know, I just I just want to be better than what I used to be in the madness. Yeah. You know, and I strive every day to be better than the day before. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't always succeed, you know. Sometimes I, I let life get to me and it gets me down, or I have those um, mental health days, you know, where I'm struggling. But, you know, for the most part, I try to stay positive and... Um, Just to be
2: better than than I was.
4: It's good. Yeah.
2: So um, yeah. So I would say, you know, the what motivates me is, you know, knowing that I've harmed people in my past, um, you know, using that pain of not wanting to be that person anymore, um, it motivates me to continually to work on myself. And then, like, even on my tough days where, you know, you just want to give up. And it's just like, man, people are watching me. You know, um, we got to do something about this bad attitude. You know, let's restart your day. Um, just that I'm surrounded by by people that matter to me. You know, I don't want to, like, come into work in a negative mood and harm people. You know, um, I care about everybody I work with. Um, I care about everybody I live with. So it's just like... If I can't do it for myself that day, I do it for other people. You know, it's like, oh, uh, shoot, I try not to harm people. <laughs> like, I got you know, and it's not really shoot. It's just that's what motivates me, you know. I just want to be a better person because I was such a bad person for so long. I don't want to live like that anymore. Um, so I just use that pain from the past to, motiv- to motivate me, to keep me on track. That's
1: good. Yep. Yeah, mine's similar to that. Uh, you know, I... One of the things that I hated looking at when I was started working my fourth step was to think about not just the people I've harmed, but the ripple effect of that. Yeah. Like how that caused them to treat other people and so on and so forth out into the world. So I'm motivated to I'm motivated today to try to create positive ripples. I'll never be able to make up for all my negative ripples that I've put into the world. But I can, like, really strive to put positivity in the world, to be, uh, you know, I know this might sound like a conflict to my uh, saying earlier, I'm kind of a smartass. But I try to be an encouragement to, yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> Me too. people, yeah. you yeah. know, and to motivate really? people. I mean, that's part of our job here. and That's how I do my peer support is, like, you set the goals and I'm going to, you know, cheer you on, yeah. you know. And so I try to be that person to put positivity mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. You got a minute.
3: What motivates me is my sobriety, my freedom, and my health. Um, I always say every day that I'm grateful for those three things um, because, you know, my sobriety is number one. Um, it, the, you know, I'm so grateful for that because that has gotten me um, my life back. Um, my freedom, you know, I had that taken away, um, and I never want to lose my freedom ever again. Um, and then my health, you know. Um, I had cancer, and, you know, that was the, one of the scariest things I've ever been through in my life and, um, you know, my health. Um, so those are just three things that motivate me um, to continue to do the next right thing. Um, you know, it, I've, I definitely understand that life is too short, um, you know, to not create something beautiful with every breath that I draw. Um, I may not always be perfect at doing it, but I definitely appreciate life. Um, a lot more than I, I did in yeah.
4: my addiction. Good.
1: We'll be right back.
4: As a woman in recovery, I know how important having a fellowship of women has been for me. Come join us at the Women of Worth All Recovery Support Group here at Turning Point, 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky, every Friday night at 6 p.m., where we discuss our personal experiences in recovery. Hope to see you there.
3: Did you know that recovery from substance use disorder and mental health go hand in hand? That is why the caring and compassionate mental health professionals at Four Rivers Behavioral Health in Paducah are here to help you find your balance. They are proud of you for making the changes necessary to live a healthier life and would love to see you reach your full potential. Give them a call at 270-442-7121 or stop by the downtown location at 425 Broadway in Paducah, Kentucky.
1: Oh, okay. What's your question, Michelle? Um, so,
2: yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? So, my, my question is um, you know, what's your favorite part in the big book? Um, you know, what story, your favorite um, paragraph? So, my favorite story is Empty on the Inside. And my favorite part is the last paragraph. Uh, it says, I still have a sponsor in a home group today. I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous in good standing. I learned how to be a good AA member by watching good AA members and doing what they do. I learned how to have a good marriage by watching people with good marriages and doing what they do. I learned how to be a parent by watching good parents and doing what they do. And I finally have the freedom of believing that it's all right not to know. And, you know, that last couple of sentences where it said I learned how to be a parent by watching good parents and believing that it's all right to not know, you know, for so long, Um I didn't know how to be a good mom. You know, my, um, it was just like, my life was chaos as a child. And um, I felt like my dad held me to such high standards, like these, Ill, these uh, unrealistic standards, like it was not okay to like, to mess up in our household so like knowing that i don't have to have all the answers and um that i've never raised teenagers before and that it's okay to like not have all the answers like has given me such relief you know and i'm proud of the community i live in i'm proud i'm, I'm proud of um you know the people who came before me i'm i'm grateful for for you know the rooms in aa um So I'm grateful for my home group and my sponsor and to be a sponsor. And so for that, um, that little paragraph right there, you know, always hits whenever I read it. That's
1: a good one. Uh, So many of the parts of the big book stick out to me. But what I really always think about is, uh, you know, you'll hear sponsors or somebody in the room say, you know, you open up to the first page and it's blank. And that's what you know. Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because that realizing that I really knew nothing and that I, but being open minded enough to start actually paying attention to what was in that book and, and applying it, you yeah. know, that's, uh, it was just a good starting point for me. And, you know, I've read it a couple times and I, you know, I get in it as I sponsor people and there's so much good things in there. I love on awakening. I've prayed that every yeah. day since I was in treatment, you know, um, uh, was four seventeen. You know, acceptance is always one that I liked, and so, so many good things. What do you got, Amanda? Um,
3: my favorite part is page four nineteen. Um, it says, "When I focus on what's good today, I have mm-hmm. a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Self-explanatory.
2: Yeah, yeah, very good. That's always a good one.
4: So. Mine is empty on the inside, too, Um, (laughs) on page 520. Um, And it says, there's a story above it um, about how she met this guy in the meeting that his his daughter had just been killed, you know, and she realized that that could have been her. Um, Down in the bottom here it says, and I kept coming back. I couldn't begin to list all the wonderful things that have happened in the years here. My kids were four and six when I got sober, and they have grown up in AA, and I brought them to open open meetings, and the people there gave them what I couldn't in the early days, love and attention. Gradually, they become part of my life again, and today I have custody of my children. Um, you know, that gave me hope that my family could be restored.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's good. All right. My last question, my silly question, and <laughs> it is inappropriate, probably. Oh, um, <laughs> um, yes. I, I mean, all right. Uh, would you rather, okay, would you rather poop your pants in public?
0: <laughs>
1: <Stop>. <laughs>
4: oh, goodness.
1: Or eat a pound of silly putty? And I would definitely rather poop my pants in public. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Even if I had to eat the silly putty could eat the silly putty in private <laughs> uh, it would be embarrassing and messy, but that's just what Nobody I Nobody would, would remember later I mean, on. Yeah, Unless I, it was you. I mean, can you imagine if a you had pound. to poop silly putty? Oh <laughs>
2: no. And a whole pound? Oh, that's a lot of still I mean, putty. it might
1: kill you really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what do you got, Amanda. I'd probably
3: poop my pants in public Me too.
4: as well. Definitely put my no, my goodness. My
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> you guys are gross. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's your question, Amanda?
3: Okay, um, all I have la- left is my silly question, and it is Would you rather, de- which would you rather deal with, have no nose but have really good smelling fingers, <laughs> or be blind but have a really nice smile?
1: Hmm, what do you got?
3: Um, I believe I would rather. Well, I think I'd rather be blind and have a really nice smile. Because I don't think I would like to have smelling fingers. <laughs> like fingers that smell stuff yes. or stinky? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that smell stuff. Because no. you don't have a yeah. nose. Okay. So yeah. your fingers are what smell. I don't huh. think I'd like that.
2: I'd be like, yeah. What
3: if you accidentally... But then like anything you
1: grab... You're Like, if you're, like if you're cleaning up... Something nasty. Like and dog then poop. it's right in your nose.
3: Wear <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your fingers. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll be I'll be blind with a nice oh, smile. Yes.
3: Yeah, I don't think I'd like to have the smell the smelling fingers. I don't I don't wear gloves. Smelling fingers <laughs> for
1: you, Daphne?
3: Absolutely not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so everybody wants the nice smile.
1: Nice smile. But nice smile. you never get to see it though.
2: Yeah, no. that would be terrible. But other people But would. everyone
1: would tell you, man, you should see your smile.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could light up a room. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, Daphne, what do you got?
4: Um, okay, this is my recovery question. What is the most important thing you can say to someone in recovery that will mean the most to them?
0: Hmm.
4: Mm. So my answer to that... Um, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally lost my train of thought there um so my answer to that is you know you're not alone mm. you know yeah. to me that was the most important thing that I, when i truly felt that that i wasn't alone was life-changing for me
1: yeah it's a good one it's a really good
4: one
2: yeah
1: that is so good. you got it
2: i got it hold on pain ends <laughs> You know what I mean? Those words I have quoted so much in my life. You know, um, just hold on, paintings. Like, man, this is going to get better. It's got to. Can't get any worse. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a tough one for me because I feel like it's different for everybody. It depends on where you're Mm -hmm. at. Like, whether you. Are actually wanting recovery, or whether like is it something that you could say to somebody that could maybe help them to want recovery? Uh, I think Just keep it simple. I think Daphne's it. is a really good one. <laughs> yeah, there's so many of those great sayings. All of, you know, you get so sick of the easy does it, trust the process, mm-hmm. you know, stay in position. Uh, but all of them are true when you they apply are. them, and you know. If you stay around long enough, you'll find that out. But I think Daphne says that I had a really good answer, yeah. you know, that you're not alone. Yeah, that's are not so, Because a lot of us, I know that's how I was when I got there. I felt alone. I didn't care if I lived or died. And, I, yeah. you, know, you know, I thought it was over. I'd done everything that was going to matter. Um, and I was so wrong. So yeah. I like that answer. What do you got, it, um, I
3: think um, one day at a time, I mean, that's one of those things that yeah. that's so... Everybody says it, one of those sayings, but it's really true, um, you know, because that's what I had to do. It's like, you know, what do I have to take? What do I have to do to get through today? Just stay in today. Don't stress over tomorrow. Don't obsess over yesterday. Mm -hmm. Just what do you have to do to get through today? Just focus on what you have to do, you know, what do you have to do to get through this morning? What do you have to do to get through this afternoon? What do you have to do tonight? Um, Just focus on those things, baby steps. You know, it's not, don't overwhelm yourself, you know, just, Mm -hmm. just do what you have to do today.
1: I'm all about the baby steps.
3: Worry. Yeah. (laughs) Worry about tomorrow when it gets here, you know, you know, I still have to do that today.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, I still, you know, mm -hmm. what do I have? You know, you have to plan some things for the future. Like, oh, I have a doctor's appointment next week, but I'm I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh my God, I I hope I don't, it's the weekend coming I hope I don't get drunk. Don't worry about the weekend right now. It's not the weekend, you know. Um, just focus on today. You know. What? You... Yeah, yeah, just for today. That's good. That's, yeah. that's I love that one. I love it a
2: lot.
1: It's a good one. All right, Michelle. Final question. <laughs>
2: What would your superpower be if you could have one? Didn't you do this one last time? I don't remember. I well, remember like we got into an did. argument
1: about Iron Man and having superpowers. No, that was <laughs>
2: what superhero would you be if you could be one? <laughs> That's the same thing. I don't right, know. I,
1: who would you, what superpower would you have?
2: I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I've still what? been thinking. Um, <laughs> maybe... Uh, <laughs> Maybe be invisible. I don't know. Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Yeah, that'd
1: sure. be cool. Sure, that's great. Yeah, I wish you were invisible.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> you could like scare people. You let yourself
1: wide open. I know,
2: but you could like scare people and play <laughs> yeah. pranks on them. You wanna,
1: that's not nice. <laughs> but Why it's you fun. Scare people, Michelle. It's fun. Yeah, oh, that's like Nathan telling. What was it at the holiday? a special podcast where he was talking about scaring his kids, and that was his, like, <laughs> favorite thing he'd done. <laughs> like, what? That's sick. No, um, it is fun. Uh, if I had superpowers, I would probably be – I used to want to be the Flash when I was a kid, just really fast, you know. Yeah. Go anywhere. And he could he could turn back time. He ran so fast. I thought that mm-hmm. was cool. You that know, well. but, yeah, the Flash. You got I'd
3: probably like want to be like Thor and just summon a giant hammer that I could just demolish stuff with
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys wanna scare people and demolish stuff. Yeah. No. No, no Thor's cool.
3: Yeah. Thor is and, cool. And Thor Thor powers. Lightning. Yeah.
1: Daphne oh my goodness. superpowers. <laughs> so many, right?
0: Uh,
4: <laughs> um I guess if I had a superpower, I would want it to be um, to see into the future. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I'm a control freak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you wouldn't have to worry about everything. Yes.
4: <laughs> don't worry,
2: <laughs>
3: catastrophizing.
4: <I'm to>. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Problems Unless it was necessary. Yeah. There is a yeah. solution. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, this was fun. I'm glad we did this. Uh, I don't need to do these ever so often. Yeah, it was but, fun. Uh, it, is, it is
3: Thanks nice. for having me. Yeah, no, yeah thank you coming on.
1: The women of Turning Point. Uh, yeah. So don't forget to check us out on YouTube or listen to our audio versions on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Podbean. And as always, stay grateful.
0: If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance, speak with Turning Point's team of peer support specialists by calling 270-444-3621. You are not alone, and we are proof that recovery is possible.